Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Went through one line and there he was, like the camera was on his face. Kisket Moore was singing for Brother Higgins. He was in that meeting. Many years later when Brother Hagin had died, he was asking himself, where was I when this meeting? My God, there's so much rich. What was happening? He did not pay close attention to what he had heard. How many messages have your pastor preached that your key to victory, but you were distracted? And then a guest minister walks up on the pulpit and says the very same statement pastor says and he says, whoa, this is deep. I've never seen it like this before. No, you've never seen it like that because, because you're a distracted person. Guest ministers are powerful because people just pay a little bit of more attention because then there's this village boy from Nigeria that is well dressed that is more handsome than apostle. Don't worry, Pastor Lee, you didn't hear that, did you? You can't hear it. But you've got to pay attention. Close attention to what you have heard. Because what you hear is the key to victory. God can't help you if you aren't paying attention. That's why after Jesus had finished teaching, he didn't share the grace. He told them, the last words of Jesus after every teaching seminar was, come on, come on, who can repeat that after? He was. But everybody's got fan blades. Everybody has something sticking out from the corner of their neck. But it doesn't mean they're hearing. Because you can leave this service and still wonder, what did he say? What was even wrong with him? I thought we were doing a very serious faith conference, but the guy came and was just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Because you were not paying attention. So what that means was even Jesus, people missed his teaching because they were not paying attention. So Jesus can't help you if you don't pay attention. So we've got to train people to pay attention. (laughs) are you still here because when I look at a verse of scripture and pay attention to read more then God is showing me something more from that verse because I'm paying more attention that's why the quickest way to get people to hear a message is when they are sick and they need healing then they say God brought the sickness to teach me a lesson no God didn't bring the sickness to teach you a lesson you finally paid attention because you couldn't watch the TV you were too sick to gossip so you paid attention you were too sick to get mad at the pastor so you paid attention you were too sick to walk around so finally you got to read the Bible because that's the only book you can have So the sickness was not there to teach you a lesson. The sickness called your distraction. And if you had paid attention in the first place, you wouldn't have been sick. Because he says, my son, 
pay attention to my words. That's all he asked. Are you still here? So if you don't pay attention in faith conference, it don't do you any good. You've got to pay attention. So he says, for this reason, are you still there? We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. What's the reason? So that we do not, if I say so that you do not drift, it means you have the capacity to drift. It means you have the possibility to drift. It means you will have drifting opportunities. How many drifters do we have and they still want the word of God to work? Now, this is a beautiful thing. Drifting doesn't take you toward the word. It takes you away from the word. You can never accidentally get into victory. Are you still here? It's simple enough. So people just assume what will be, will be. The only thing that will be is failure and death. Sarah, Sarah, song released in 1950s. Whatever God has ordained for my life, I'm sure it will come to pass. Not true. God ordained that the children of Israel will go to Canaan. Some died in the wilderness. God will never make happen in your life what you don't want to happen. He will not violate your will to get something to you. Come on, are you still here? So drifting takes you away from the word. Drifting will never get you through the word. So if you live your life on neutral, you will never get close to God. Can I show you more scriptures? It says, draw near to me. And I will draw near to you. How to understand something is also to inverse it. So you can rewrite that scripture by saying, draw far from me and I'll draw far from you. I know you sing reckless love. No mountain he won't climb. No doors he won't break. That's why singers should attend Bible schools. Because the father never took step to the prodigal son until the prodigal son started coming. The only step God takes towards man was Christ on the cross. After that, you make the move and he comes. So, your song might be reckless, but the word isn't. It, it, it's fine, it's good. It makes us cry all the mountain. It will, oh, and, 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 and it's okay. It's okay to cry, but after you have cried, can we pay close attention to the word? Because crying solves no problem. Even God told Moses, why are you crying? Because if you keep crying, Pharaoh is going to kill you and they'll think I'm not powerful. Nobody ever got anything from crying. He never says, let us boldly approach with tears. Never says that. Sometimes you like to cry and say, oh God, I don't even know what to say, but you can see my heart. No, he, he says, come boldly and obtain. He didn't say, come crying and receive. 
It says, come boldly and obtain. That's why when he was teaching them to pray, he says, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Not when you pray, cry. When you pray, say. Because I know people say, well, there's so much in my heart, I don't know what to say. Well, you relax and find something to say. Because that's how faith is going to work. We either want to have victory or we don't. We either want to have victory or we want to blame God for why our lives is this way and we want God to walk on our terms and not us on his terms. Time God lowered his standard was to come in Christ. After that, you've got to do what is right. So we go back to that verse again. And he says, you pay close attention so that you do not drift. You never accidentally will get into victory. There is no luck in scriptures. No luck. Even when the children of Israel sinned in the Old Testament, God told them how to get back. He, I mean, there's a lot of curses. You know, your bones will be scattered. Man, those curses in those Testament are dreadful. You don't want to even think about it. Your bones will be broken. Your enemies will scatter your bones. And you know, if you don't have a lot of bones, you're wondering, hey, if the enemy scatters, you know, like my brother, I mean, imagine looking at my brother and say the enemy will scatter your bones. And like, the enemy is wondering like, where are the bones? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, so, <laughs> so, but God tells them, if you repent, he tells them what to do. And turn to me and pray. Then he tells them what he will do. So, even in the Old Testament, they had the option. Even without Jesus, they had the option for victory. So, when Daniel was in captivity, he read the words of Jeremiah, he turned towards Jerusalem. He knew. Come on, do you know that even in the Old Testament, people knew that God would keep his word? And that's big. They knew that if God told them something, when they saw the ark, they shouted. Oh, they knew, hey, come on. I don't care what the Philistines, how big they are. Oh, if we have the ark, we are good. And today people have the Holy Spirit in them and they're like, we're doomed. And that's big. That's big. Because people are not paying attention. Okay. Are you still there? Let's build on this. The word drifts in the Greek, it's paro. It means to drift away. To slip away. So let me give you a picture. If you, if you grow up in the riverine area, maybe like Mombasa, the coastal regions, you realize, and pay attention to this because this is, this is key, you realize that when they bring these canoes, they tie them to... Um, to, to wood, right? The big ones have anchor, but I just want to use an example everybody can relate to, it, right? And then what happens when that thing is not tied? You come the next morning, and where are you going to find your canoe? And you realize that canoe never moved with a fast boat. What happened is it was just drifting, just drifting, just drifting. It didn't look like it was moving. 
it didn't look it can go very far. In fact, you thought I could sleep and come back the next morning and just jump into the river and drag it. We underestimate the impact of drifting. You know, everybody backsliding does not think they are backsliding. Oh, they never know. You say, well, I just missed church a few times. I just didn't say prayer three times. If you know what the enemy can do to you without being in a place of victory, you'll never underestimate the enemy. <laughs> do you realize that? Do you, do you understand that? I mean, just simple example. It's conference starting, lights goes off. You know, all it requires for us to preach in darkness today and to hold the first day of the faith conference in the pure darkness was to just make sure something in the generator was not working. And that's all. It's not big. It doesn't cause big things for the enemy to destabilize people. You know, all the enemy needs to do to crash a marriage is just to make sure that the wife does not understand the Beautiful couples, but they never have understanding. This was saying, yes, this is what I'm saying. Say, no, you don't have my point. Say, this is what I'm saying. And then they go before the marriage council and they say, you know what? He never listens to me. And the guy say, that's what I'm saying. She never listens. And then the woman says, exactly. Can you see that she never? And both of them are saying the same thing, but they never understand themselves. So drifting is usually not very obvious. But it's life destroying. So he says, it means to decline from steadfastness. You, you move from a steadfast position. You know, for instance, you can wonder, why are we having the spirit of faith conference? Why are we having something as basic as faith conference again? Yeah, because we don't want to drift from faith. We, we want to go back to where we know that our words come to pass. Yes. We want to go back to, you know, you, you know you can be a man of faith when you are poor and when the money starts coming, you don't even know how to believe God anymore. Oh. It's like, how much is it? Don't worry, I'll pay for it. And you know, you're not using your faith. The last time you used your faith was like 10 years ago when you were really broke. Now you're too rich to use your faith. And that's pride right there because you have become your own source. That's pride right there. You know, I'll deal with that as we go on. So, so we go on here. To, to decline means to decline from steadfastness to drift. It means to slip away from a profession. It means to make forfeit of. You, you forfeit something. So, let's go to Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. Are you still there? Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Are you learning something tonight? Right, praise God. Philippians 3 verse 1. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Interesting. To write, <laughs> to write, I want to hear that loud and clear. To write, the same thing. Not something different. Remember, what did we read in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1? What you have heard. Past. Permit me to use this English. Past. Herding. 
what you heard in the past. To write the same thing again is no trouble to me. It is a safe guard for you. Reputation is safety in Christianity. You know why a lot of people don't have victory? They don't want to repeat stuff. You know, praying every day can feel monotonous. Reading the Bible every day can feel monotonous. And that's why you hear people start teaching some strange stuff. Because it looks very mysterious. Like, you know, we're going into some portals. We're opening some realms. We're entering into some dimensions where there's some eschatological, Christological. uh, You won't get this. This is a mystery. To take you 10 years to get this. You understand that? It'll take you like 10 years. Right? I didn't come for everybody. I came for two people who will understand this thing. These things are unlawful for me to utter. You know, and and you're like, man, I went to that conference. (laughs) I understand that. Like, I went to that conference, you know, and then you just say, play the keyboard silently. All heads bowed, all eyes closed, nobody moving. Six angels just stood there, two here, three here, four here. And a very short angel just walked in here now. Now, what's happening, what's happening is you are now paying attention. But not to what you have heard. Not to the written taught word. You are not paying attention to experiences. And that's a problem. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Because you never pay attention to experiences. You pay attention to the written word. That's why the gospel is not the mysterious description of how Jesus rose. It is teaching the process that he took our sins. He went on the cross and he came out. That is the gospel. The gospel must have logical explanation, not a mysterious application. So that even a woman can preach it. And you understand that? So you don't need to go into any portal. It's good if you want to use words to describe words. But the teacher uses simple words that the people can understand. You don't have to talk about downloading and uploading and AI in Kikuyu when you're planting a church. That's a problem, Pastor Bob. That's a problem. Because how was service today, man? Whew, it was heavy download, man. And you're like, ah, like, that was heavy download. It's like, okay, now your rent is due. How do you use heaven download and pay rent? No clue. <laughs> There's no clue. But Jesus teaching faith says, when, uh, we'll get there, but let me get ahead of myself, then I'll drift back. And Jesus says to the fig tree, no man will eat, live from you again. The next day, Peter sees the fig tree and says, Master, the fig tree which you caused is dead. Jesus did not say, hey Peter, are we mates? 
that some atomic dynamis power of Yahweh that I release. You have no clue, Peter. That's why I'm Jesus. Come follow me. Jesus didn't say that. You know what Jesus says? Jesus said, Hey, you can speak to the mountain. Jesus even told Peter, I used it on a tree. You can use it on a mountain. You can use it on something bigger than I used it. And if you want to use it, this is what you do. If you say with your mouth and believe in your heart, it will be done. Jesus just said, there's no mystery there. Jesus said, I did it to a tree, you did it to a mountain. You can do it. See, Christianity is about saying, what I can do, you can do. That's who a teacher is. A teacher is not someone who confuses you. A teacher is someone who raises you. Because if a disciple is trained, he can be like his master. So the goal of teaching is to become like me. I am God's general without other generals. This is not Michael Jackson. You know Michael Jackson could sing and could dance. Now he's dead. Nobody can dance like Michael Jackson anymore. Okay, so, are you here? Are you getting something tonight? Are you still here? The word safeguard is to secure from falling. Now, now, if we put two scriptures together, it tells us, pay attention so you don't drift. I'm writing these things to you again so that it's your safeguard. So what he's trying to say, what keeps a man from drifting is repeating the same things. That's your safeguard. What's the hope that you will not fall tomorrow? Repeat what you learned yesterday. My first degree, I have two first degrees. So I'm a degrees older. Not one. You know, you are a degree holder because you have one. I am a degrees holder. So you must factor the two first degree into... You know, that's why we have Apostle Professor Doctor. Because you have to call every name. Because everything was earned. I'm an Apostle of the Lord Jesus. A native doctor. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so, so, my first degree is in education. How do you teach your students? You teach them the subject, them classwork. You give them homework. What do you call it here? Homework or homework? So, you're not Ghanaians. All right, so. Ghanaians call it homework. And I'm like, that's a problem. <laughs> Already. Okay, so classwork. So let's, let's assume our subject is understanding flower. So I teach understanding flower for one hour. Then I give classwork. Name the parts of flowers for another 30 minutes. Then I tell you to go home. There are eight parts of flower. 
I say name four in class, and I tell you to go back home and complete the remaining four. And all the classwork, the homework, and the teaching, it's the same thing. A student who does that repeatedly will pass exams. And then when I set the examination, is on name eight parts of flowers. The eight parts of flower you saw in exam was your homework and your classwork. So we're always taught in education, set your exam questions from your assignments and your homework. So any student who does assignments and homework properly would always pass exam. It's the drifters that never pass. And you know what drifters do? They don't do homework. They come assignments. And then when it's time for exam. They, have you seen that Chinese boy? Then you start hearing Christians pray, Lord, I'm going to exams tomorrow. The battle is not mine. <laughs> but yours. Lord, the, your word says the Holy Spirit is my teacher. And he will teach me all things. I don't care what the Greek word is. All things are all things, including biology. And then the Holy Spirit searches your head to find what to remind you of. There's no biology. And he said, Holy Spirit, remind me. And let's say, I can't see anything. Did you put anything there? It's like, I, th- I think I read. The Holy Spirit said, I think I'm seeing something. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you, remind you of the things I taught you. Which means the Holy Spirit is the spirit of reputation. So you're going to teach you new things. The Holy Ghost is not teaching you new things. The Holy Ghost is here to teach you what Jesus taught. We don't like reputation in Christianity. That's why we mess up. You know, I open a passage, oh, I've read it before. Yeah, but your life does not look like that verse. I mean, I turn to Philippians chapter 4 and say, it's my God to supply all my needs. You say, I know it. And you're broke. You don't know it. Until you, all your needs are supplied. You don't know righteousness scripture until you're walking in righteousness. You don't know Psalm 91 until you have angels defending you. If you were not proud... You would have learned the word. Knowledge is not just verbal. It has to produce something. So until you see a scripture work in your life, you keep feeding on it. Are you still here? Oh, thank you, Lord. So the word safeguard means to be immovable. To be steady. So your safeguard... In your faith work. Remember, we're just, we're just introducing this subject now. We've not even talked about faith yet. We're just talking about how to get this thing going. 
You know, that's why people run from preachers to preachers. Because they get tired of their pastors. They are bored. Ah, it's Pastor Lee again. Oh my gosh, it's Pastor Lee. Ah, it's Apostle Dennis again. Ah, it's Pastor Max again. We want somebody new. Somebody with depth. Somebody that can drown us in the world. We want to die. Just drown us. <laughs> and then somebody comes on the pulpit and says, if you perspire to acquire, you don't need to retire, but only refire. God, this is a preacher sent from God. Say, preach. You know it. Are you here? And then you're like, wow. I've never seen it like that before. Perspire to acquire. Not to retire, but to refire. Preach to me. And then you go back home. And you're looking retired. If you get familiar with your pastor, that's the day he stops blessing you. Just find a new church. You know, people like, you know, when you preach, you make people laugh. I wasn't called to make people sad. And they say, oh, yeah, but we want you to be more serious. Okay, I'm serious. I'm seriously serious. <laughs> like that serious. Because I enjoy what I do. And I'm anointed to do this. But the scripture says, the God who sits in the circle of the heavens shall laugh. So I'm like my father. But having said that, reputation is what prevents you so Apostle Paul says it's no trouble for me it's not a problem are you hearing this now it's not a problem you know <laughs> today one of my staff saw a message and she was like oh you thought this message I was like, yes, many years ago. See, but I've looked into this drive. I've looked at it many times. I've never seen it. That's what paying attention does. Hey, saints, this is the word of God. See, no matter how much problem you have, it won't be more than Genesis to Revelation. No matter how much bills you have to pay, Genesis to Revelation. No matter how crippled that case is, Genesis to revelation. Anything outside of this? So if this is too big for you to read, I don't know how to help you. If this is too monotonous to pay attention to, I don't know how to help you. That's why you see those old women who serve God in the village, whose children are just doing well. They are not about mysteries. Once the church doors opens, they go in. Pastor says, raise your hand. They raise. 
clap, they clap. Bring tight. They are not for trouble. They are not, they are not going to any conference. They are not going for any prayer meeting. They are not going deeper. They don't want realms. They just serve God. And what happens is because sometimes they are not able to preach the blessing, the blessing goes on the life of their children. You just see their children walking in unexplainable favor. It's the consistency of that woman. Now you are searching for realms. You've changed churches, three churches, 15 times. Nope, now you're not going to church anymore. That's how drifting starts. And nobody can help you. Come on, are you still here? You know, you know the teachings of Jesus were very boring. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the meek for the ass is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are, can you say something else? Yes. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall preach something else. Yes. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Is that complex? Not depth. I mean, coming to preach. You see, you know, one day so I was working, he threw seeds on the ground. One was, oh, preach something. You know the kind of Christianity we want? I could come to church today and we are dazed. We can't even find our own homes. Amen. The glory cloud was heavy. I couldn't even see the door. That's good. Then your landlord knocks. And they just realize, hey, it's month end. Glory cloud disappears. <laughs> now, is anything wrong with that? I'm not saying anything is wrong with that. But that's not the key to victory. Yes. Victory means if God said it, I believe it. And that settles it. I don't have a glory cloud feeling, but God has said it. I don't have a goosebumps on my body, but God has said it. I don't feel anything, but God's word is true. Then when the, when the landlord knocks on the door, he says, you know what? This is not the first time I'm hearing these knocks. My heart is made up. The money is going to come. The supplies is going to come. Glory to God. Come on, are you still here? All right, have a few more minutes and build up. Okay, so uh, to safeguard, it's just safeguard. It is just safeguard. So I write the same things to you. Now, the word safe is to secure from falling or immovable. Now, what's the foundation of faith? Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Primary foundation of faith. Thank you Lord. Are you still here? Are you getting blessed? Say amen if you are. Alright. Habakkuk chapter 2. Thank you Lord. Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I mean if you know what Habakkuk chapter 2 said. Interesting. Habakkuk is, you know, I was reading it today and I saw it. I never saw it like this. You know, we always break this chapter into two Parts. You know, that's one issues we have with Pentecost. Pentecostals don't read long verses. You know, the man will just come to church on Sunday and say, and it came to pass. Oh God. Whew. I can't move beyond this verse. Says, and, it, <laughs> and the guy starts, says, and it came to pass. 
I don't care what you're going through. It's going to come to pass. In January, it'll come to pass. In February, it'll come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I said, it will come. That trouble, it will come to pass. And he says, let me read another verse. And Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. I don't care, you will go over. <laughs> you know, that's how we preach. And we have some keyboardies that back us up. Make the whole place go like, wow. So what did you learn in church today? Man. It shall come to pass. Even the photographer got it. He said it shall come to pass. Now the question is, what shall come to pass? Because the Lord says, whatever he has not commanded will not come to pass. But, in fact, that was just misapplication of scriptures. So, when you read Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, there is a problem there. Because we read Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 and we talk about the just shall live by faith. Then when we talk about vision, we go to verse 2 and 3. So the reason a lot of people are not seeing their vision come to pass is because they don't connect their vision to verse 4. And the reason they don't understand verse 4 is because they don't know verse 5. How many of you know that after 3 is 4? That's deep. Do you know that before? That after four, it's five. And before you can get a two, you have to read one. That's profound. So let's read one. You've learned something today. That after one, is two. And before two, is one. So let's read one. I'll stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see not to tell him his faith is not a tool to move God faith appropriates what grace has made available so we're really, remember remember we're paying attention to details so we're going carefully right so we understand this verse and I'll keep watch to see what he will speak to me who does the speaking is it possible that we're getting our faith wrong because we are doing the first speaking maybe the third day we'll talk about the law of words you don't go to court and say your mind if you go to court and say your mind you go to jail even if you killed someone you can only tell the truth to your lawyer but when you go to court, you keep quiet. Don't say, I just like to speak my mind. You will go to jail. In court, we don't speak our mind. He said, I just want to express the way I'm feeling it. You will go to jail. I know you killed this person, but you say what your lawyer says. So even though you're guilty, your lawyer says, say not guilty. Say, but my mother told me to tell the truth. No, 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 no. Truth is based on the constitution. And if the constitution jails you, you go to jail. So your lawyer says, let the weak say. 
If you are feeling weak, don't say it. No, no, don't say it. I know you're feeling weak. I know you're weak, but you don't, you don't say that in court. You say, I am strong. Then your lawyer can go to work. Then the advocate can go to work. You don't say what you feel. So, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. What's my bank balance? No, my God. What's my balance? No, no, my God. So, I'll stand and watch what he will say to me. Okay, so he says, he does the first speaking. So, faith is initiated by God. And how I may reply when I'm reproved. This is a higher level of faith now. Because we're not conjuring words. The Lord said to me, in prayer, I am opening doors in places you're not even looking. That becomes my faith confession. Now, if you hear me say that on the pulpit, you don't have to say that. Because your lawyer didn't tell you to say that. That's why we take preachers' confessions and never get results. Because we're copying murder cases for theft. And we're, co- <laughs> we're copying armed robbery cases for whatever. What kind of bad things do you do for defamation? So it's not working. It's just modeled up. Because the first step of faith is to wait on God. It's to go back over the things you've heard before until the Lord gives you a word. I'll tell you more about that if you come the third day. That's resurrection day message. Alright, but I'll show you something. And how am I reply when I'm reproved? Verse 2. The Lord answered me and said, record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets. That the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed times. It has toward the goal. And it will not fail. What's making this vision not to fail, pastor? It came from God. You didn't originate. It is not us trying to make God do what we like. Like, oh God, I like that girl. I want her by force in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, give her dreams. Faith is not trying to twist the arm of God. Like, God, you have to pay my bills. God say, I can't breathe. Like, God, release the money, then you breathe. And God says, Okay, it's okay, I've heard. Some of you didn't catch that. You know, some of you think faith is like, God, that's why when we all got called into ministry, we all saw ourselves preaching in stadiums. Come on, how many pastors here have seen yourself preaching in stadiums? Yeah? Because that's symbol of success. Let me leave that. Come to dear Timothy. <laughs> right? But have you observed that everything that God told you came to pass? And what you told him did not come to pass? So we're not learning how to make God work for us. 
We're learning how to appropriate what God has done. You know, people just want to get a hold of the faith message. And like, Brother Copeland has given, given out 27 aircraft. Whoa, give me his message. I want to listen. They're not after the message. They want to find out to make money and give out 27. Not give out. They want to own 27 aircraft. People want to use the fret message just to get things. Like, okay, so if I give, I will receive. Here, God. You know, so God is the new bet shop. And that's big. And so when we start talking about faith for finances, we have to deal with this. Because if you're not a steward, you cannot have kingdom resource. And that's big in the church. Because we don't teach stewardship. We teach giving. And so people give to God from a point of, you owe me. They never give from the point of, hey, I'm in obedience, master. What do you want? If we teach people to give from stewardship, there is no hold on God. And then God can commit kingdom resource. You know, money is not God's problem. You are God's problem. God has never had a problem with things. I mean, hey, got 25 more minutes. Are you still here or you want to go home? All right. You can't even go. I'm just saying. Do you realize God told Balaam, don't go and prophesy? In visions, in dreams. And he didn't obey God. God only spoke to that donkey once and the donkey prophesied. Easy for God to use animals. Like the donkey just prophesied. The donkey had never prophesied in his life. Imagine God telling you to prophesy when you've never prophesied. What are you going to do? Oh God, I've never prophesied before. Oh God, I've never. How do you prophesy? The donkey just obeyed. God never had problems with things. Do you realize that when God drew the lines for the Mombasa Ocean, it's still there after many years, respecting itself? But where God told you to stay, God is looking for you. You're not there anymore. You're not in the church God asked you to be planted. You're not still serving the pastor God asked you. The rivers are obeying God. You're not. The star, I mean, God told the son only once when to show up. He's never had to command the son anymore. He only interfered when Joshua prayed. And after that, the sun rises from one location. Where does the sun rise from? From the east? Where does it go to? Come on, talk to me. Where does the sun go to? And then he goes back? And then he rises up? Reputation is safety. The sun just rises and you can bank on it. You can do everything on it. But you're not stable. God doesn't have a problem with the sun. The sun has never disobeyed God. Have you ever thought of it? That the son has complete obedience? But man, you heard God has a hard time. Like God, I know I have to speak what your word says, but I'm tired. For once, let me speak my mind. Because even to you, God, I am warning you. <laughs> and God say, hey, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. What you want? Okay, all right. So, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. The Lord answered and said, Wake up the vision and inscribe it on tablets 
that the one who reached it may run, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. So every vision has a tarrying moment. You cannot have faith and impatience. It is through faith and patience that you inherit the promise. If you want your Christian life to be a blessing, just decide for the rest of my life, I'm going to be patient. I don't care how long it takes, the vision is going to come to pass. All right. You know, I was telling Elder Julius, who's like my father here, my dad's spiritual son, I said, it's now that Kenya, new relationships are opening up, churches are opening up. I've been coming to this nation since 2011, every year, nonstop, except the COVID year. How many years is that? 2011 to 2022. Huh? That's some patience. That's why I'm here. Every single ticket paid by me. That's why I'm here. People want to go into nations one day and organize their harvest. Like, you know what? I know how much I pay to be here. <laughs> you know, pastors are like that. They want to reap their harvest immediately. And so if God does not move, they move. Yeah. Say, God, are you moving? So just tell me, this is your last chance, God. Do you want to move? Smith God and say, do you want me to give you the honor of moving in this service? And God says, I'm thinking about it. Say, be fast. Go one hour. And God says, hold on. He says, no, 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 no. You are not thinking fast. I want to move. And before you see, people start trying to use human energy to do a spiritual work. And listen to me, saints. Pay attention to this prophetic word to someone. That's why pastors change methods and change messages because they feel like what give what God gives them is not working. And that's the problem right there. Do it tarries. What's your attitude? See that word. Wait for it. Learn to like wait. Learn to Enjoy waiting. You see, the problem is you frustrate yourself. So you just say, you know what? As for waiting, we will wait. Do you understand? Hey, come on. Do you get it? Learn to like those words. Wait for it. Be patient. Forbearance. Endurance. Make them your favorite word. Hmm? Not sweatless triumph. This, you don't have it in the word. Not accelerated progress. It's not there. They're good words. But it can cause frustration. Are you hearing this now? All right. So he says, now, now, go to verse 4. Behold, as for the proud one. Now, God is addressing another person. He isn't talking to the man we have been reading about. He isn't talking to the man who asked him, what shall I say? He isn't talking to the man who he told, write the vision down. How many of you know if God told you to write the vision down, you would not think the next phrase would be do it tarries? Yeah. Do you think if God told you write the vision, the next phrase would be do it? Hey, come on, be serious for once. What do you mean by do it? 
like if God says, write the vision. Then the next thing God will say, here it is. Even Jesus had to be patient in, the, in, in his death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, do you know what? Do you think you can die for three days and God promised you on the third day you rise again? Like, God, how many hours more? <laughs> like, uh, it's just one day. Do you know how it is to wait for something? It can be tiresome. Like, imagine you are day two. Like, God, are you still on the throne? Will I rise? <laughs> and on the third day, like, God is one hour. Holy Spirit. Boom, and you rise. And I, oh, you can't say thank you, Jesus, because you're Jesus. Like, thank you, God. It worked. Behold. The word behold means to look carefully at. So God is saying pay attention now. This is someone different. <laughs> That's why I'm not in a hurry. Wait for it. It's like, okay, yes, go ahead. No, wait. Okay. What's the next bit? Sweet. I'm the one doing the teaching. You're doing the listening. So you learn to wait, right? Like, yeah. So what's the next? How do we get? Though it tires, wait for the message. Hurried instructions is not for championship. That's why the coach uses half time to change the game. Calls them back and says, hey boys, come. This is not working. A good coach can change any game after halftime. She's then. And he does what? Implement changes. Okay, so let's go. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. What's the soul? What's the soul? What's the soul? Pay attention here now. The soul is made up of the will, the emotions, the mind. That is not right within him. He's agitated. The soul is not right. Some of you, the problem we have in waiting for God is our emotions. Our will. There is nothing that will make you enjoy God like a flexible will. Like I'm yielded to you, God. Whatever you want me to do, God. You know, some of us have our life planned out. Or we want to plan it out. A way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is death. Why do people struggle with mentorship? Strong will. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. That's, see, every time you have a crisis with your mentor, it's a will issue. I want it this way, and I want it that way. Even God, it's a will issue. God says, speaks faith, you speak doubt. It's a will issue. What was the issue with Eve in the garden? Will. Emotions. Satan came and painted a very beautiful picture of disobedience. She paid attention. Right? That's big. What you're paying attention to is changing your life. If you pay attention to the wrong movies in life, your idea of marriage will change. Your idea of who a good man is will change. Your idea of 
an ideal marriage will change. Hollywood will paint a picture to you that you, God might struggle to get in the right husband to you. Because now you feel all your husband has to do is run around trees and be singing, giving you breakfast in bed, kissing you all the time, right? holding you, making your bed sheets. When you want to pull your shoes, you say, don't worry, I pull shoes for a living. And that's your concept. But the purpose that God has for you needs a man who can disciple you. But that man does not fit your romantic picture. That becomes a problem. That's a challenge now. Because your concept of romance is defined by novels, not the word. So you don't have a word concept for that. That's why church girls marry bad boys. Because when it's time to get married, they dish the word and follow movies. Yeah. Because they're in love. And they fall in love. Never fall. Oh, never fall. Some of you actually fall seven times and God picks you up. And I'm sure that's why the scripture says Jesus had to make it a mandate that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. I know Jesus was sent for the girls. All right. That's free lunch. Let's go ahead. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right with him, but, now the word but changes any word. So, so understand this concept, God is speaking about a man in verse 1 and verse 2, right? And in verse 3, in verse 4, he introduces another man, then he goes back to the first one. The righteous will live by faith. How many of you know what we read in verse 2 and 1 looks like faith living? Waiting for God to speak. That's faith. Waiting for the vision. That's faith. Even though it tarries. That's faith. So, faith is not a principle. Never has been. It's a life. Of the just. Of the righteous. Now, pay attention here now. Have 10 more minutes. Pay attention here. It's the life of the righteous. It's not life of the proud. Lack of faith is presence of pride. A, a proud man never walks by faith. Because you know, faith makes you look foolish. Can I give you an example? I'm a child, grew up in a pastor's home. Never wanted to become a preacher. I did everything. You know when you're pastor's child, you know what to do so that God will not like you. Because all your days you were taught what God likes. So all you need to do is to do the opposite of what God doesn't like. Did everything for God not to call me, but he still did. Right? Then I said, I want to be a social studies professor. I want to lecture in the university. I like to teach. You can see that I like to teach. Right? I like to teach. I like teaching. I pay attention to details. But I thought that that gifting was for the university classroom. Then God tells me after youth service, when one of the greatest things I was afraid of in ministry was poverty, because my parents gave everything to the ministry, then God tells me, I want you to go full-time. I have need of your certificate. 
first son of a preacher. Father spent all the money to send you to school. Now, it was so exciting that when I told my father I want to be a full-time pastor, my father said, hey, 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 hold it, boy. I know the call of God is on your life, but take it easy. Go and work. And after a while, you come and do ministry. And I said, this commission is strong. If I don't do full-time ministry for you, I'll go to another ministry and do full-time. And he says, coming. Got into the ministry, no salary. Not because my father was wicked, didn't have. And then I was to get married. How many of you know that's faith? That can't just be principle. It has to be faith life. How do you know that when you put your hands on the sick, they'll recover? That's faith. Because pride will make you not to lay hands on the sick. Because you're afraid if it doesn't happen, what will people think of me? That I, Dr. Richard Lambert Okafor, laid hands on someone. I didn't get healed. The reason you're not doing what God asks you to do is you're proud. That's why you pray. It's not because you don't have time. You are proud because you know I can run my day without God. So I'll talk to him when I have time. It's, it's pride. It's not, it's not that you don't have time. It's pride. Somebody say, yeah, but I'm very busy. Yes. Because you think everything else you're doing can get your life forward without God. So prayerlessness is pride. Because you're not waiting on God. You're not waiting. And that's why people can't overcome the challenges of the day. Right? That's why prayer is faith. So, I mean, in this conference, I'm laying basics, right? Going to the foundation. Because I believe after these four days, you know where to fix your faith fault. Are you following this now? So let me finish this up and we can close. So he says, But the righteous would live by his faith. So faith is a lifestyle. It's not what you use in emergency. It's a life. It's a faith life. You use it for your finances. You use it for your health. You use it to work as the righteousness of God in Christ. You use it to come sing glory to God. It's a life. But look at the next verse. It says, Furthermore, wine betrays the haughty man. Who is, who, what's the word haughty? What, what other word can we use for haughty? Come on, English people, help me. Pride. Come on, do you see God is contrasting two people here? He says wine betrays the haughty man. You know what wine does? Okay, everybody pay attention. This is key. This is, you know what, this is the first time I'm seeing this and I'm preaching this. Never preached it before. So I'm hearing the message for the first time. And it's good message. You know what? When you drink, I know some of you do, and I've stopped. Some of you mix it with your Christianity. I don't know how you do, but you wine mixers. You have the new wine of the Holy Spirit and vodka. <laughs> so sometimes when you come, we don't know why you're looking the way you're looking like. It's like, man, it's just in the presence of God. And God says, no, no. It's in the presence of many bottles. All right. Okay. So, what does wine do to a man? Wine gives him a false sense of power. 
So when a man drinks wine, he can <laughs> don't try it. But he can walk up to a military general and says, Who do you think you are, stupid man? And slap wine betrays. Pay the attention to the word betray. Because betrayal only can happen with proximity. Somebody far from you cannot betray you. So wine is close to this man and gives him a false sense of power. Then he slaps the general. Then the general waits for his wine to come down. Then he asks him a very simple question. What did I do to you that you slapped me? And the guy never in his wildest imagination thinks he can slap a general. Betrayal has happened. Wine has left him powerless. That's what pride does. When you don't walk by faith, it looks like you have a salary. And you look like you have a big boy. I can sort myself. And then the sack later comes. And you realize you're not as rich as you thought. You are two salaries away from being completely poor. But you never made God your source. So he betrays. So he does not stay at home. No stability. He enlarges his appetite like shoal and is like dead. Never satisfied. He also gathers to himself all nations and collects to himself all people. You know what wine is making this man to do? Form alliance for victory. Gathers people to himself. So your confidence in life is how many people you know. Your confidence in life is natural strength. Hey, come on. How many of you saw the first man we read about? He waits on God. He's waiting for what God will say. He's waiting for the God vision. What's this man busy doing? He's enlarging his appetite. He's not staying at home to wait on God. He's going around looking for connections. Who can invite me? Which platform can I preach? He's not waiting on God. Right? Who can I connect with? He's enlarging his appetite. He's never satisfied. Just about receiving more, receiving more, getting more, getting more. He's not asking God, what can I give? How can I be a blessing? He also gathers himself all nations and collects himself all people. That's why, right? God always warned the children of Israel and their kings. Don't seek alliance with other nations. And he rebuked the kings who went. I mean, very interesting story. The king went to hire people to come and fight. That's one scripture I used to recover debts. There's nothing I've lost that I've not gotten back with. That scripture, God showed it to me many years ago. And the prophet came and said, why did you do this? He said, I was thinking they will help me to fight. And the prophet says, don't. And he says, but I've given them so-so number of silver. I like the next line. He says, God is able to give you much more than this. Oh, oh, I like it. When I lose anything, I pick up that word. And God is able to give me much more than this. When people think they have deceived me and robbed me and scammed me, I go back to the scripture. Come on, how many of you know that's faith? I'm living my life by faith. So when I lose money, 
I'm not reacting like the normal person. Oh, my life is dead. I lost his body. <laughs> I will I recover my sweat. No, no, I go back to the word. And God is able to give me much more than this. God, through the prophet, says, let those nations go with the money you've paid them. You trust God for victory. So you, the just shall live by faith. You know, I'll pick up from here tomorrow, right? It's a good place to stop. The just shall live by faith. So I'll ask you a question tonight as we pray. Are you just looking for a message to gain victory or you're looking for how to live your life? Are you just looking for a principle? Did you just come to this conference and like, show me the principle? Or you're here to say, hey, come on. I want to make this my life. Uh, this, this just has to be my life. If you stay around me, I breathe faith. I live faith. I talk faith. Just my life. I'm not a word of faith person by stream. Say, what's your stream? Say, I'm Pentecostal. What's your stream? I'm apostolic. What's your stream? I'm prophetic. What's your stream? I'm word of faith. Are you joking? Did he say, I'm dead in that stream? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say to yourself. Huh? This is not about a message by an American group of preachers. This is life in the kingdom. The just shall live by faith. It's your life. It's not a movement. It's a life. Do you understand this now? How will you obey God without faith? How much can you beg to fulfill your destiny? You teach finance a lot. How many believers sign up in your classes broke? Many. Most broke people are, are your brothers and sisters, not mine, yours. <laughs> right. And you know why? They've never been able to know how to appropriate the scripture into their finances. And guess what? I mean, I read the testimonies on your wall. When people go through your class, they start sharing financial testimonies. Don't forget, you're not using anointed mantle and granite oil and brooms. What you're doing is for the first time, sorry I'm using as an example, but it's fine. For the first time, people are tired of their debts and for the first time, they are paying attention. Yes. Then you, you begin to teach them the word. You begin to teach them. What you do is you alter their lifestyle because there is how broke people behave. And there's how, am I right? I should have a free class. I'm not broke though, but. Do you understand that? That's the key. So if, if people come to you just for principles, next day they are signing for, for the class again. Am I right? But people will take it as a lifestyle, even though they are not immediately rich, they start working on the path to wealth. Saints of God, faith is not a principle. Faith is not a method. Faith is not a, a, a tool. Faith is not something we used to get money from God. The just shall live by faith. Faith is your life. You get up in the morning, it's faith life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You get up on the aircraft, it's faith life. Glory to God. You raise your children by faith. You get married by faith. 
You travel by faith. You plant a church by faith. You get clothed by faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. You get the sick healed by faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, stand on your feet. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.